Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. All right, come on, stand on your feet. It is so good to see you. Uh, I want to do something just a little different today. We're going to begin and continue our our series in covenant. We're going to talk about uh, our covenant with the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's going to be a great time. But this week also represents uh, the beginning of the school year for a lot of families. And so I want to pray over teachers, professors, moms that are wearing a couple of hats, maybe homeschooling, and students that that we're going to have a great year. Um, Ann and I, we have all six enrolled at a school this year. We've homeschooled for, for... quite a long season and felt the Lord leading us this way for, for this season. And so uh, you can pray for Anna. You don't have to pray for me. I'm doing fine. <laughs> um, but it, it, it can represent so much. And we, we know that one of the promises that we have from God is that we can have peace in every season. And so I just want to pray that over every teacher professor and student today. So Lord, we just come to you. We thank you for this year. God, thank you that we can have confidence approaching this school year, not because of our wisdom or work ethic, but because of who you are and how you meet us in every moment. So Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would fill every heart. Lord, moms that are homeschooling, God, breathe life into them. God, give them vision to fill their home with fun to fill their home with your presence. Lord, I thank you for for every teacher that is going to be welcoming students. God, I pray that you would give them vision for meeting every student with the love of Jesus. Lord, thank you for, Lord, the students, the teachers, the professors. God, give them confidence today. Give them peace. Lord, thank you for a great school year. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. Hey, I want to show you some some really neat pictures. Uh, we just finished an upgrade at our Cape Coral campus, and so we moved to to more of a broadcast model in Cape Coral about four months ago. When you begin to see me consistently, uh, we moved to broadcasting in Cape. Three out of out of. Uh, for the months that had four weeks, I always speak live the last Sunday of every month. And so, but our broadcast experience, you can see how the screens were in the back and it wasn't a great experience. The screen was a little smaller and we've moved to this where I look like I'm six foot five. And so if somebody from Cape tries to tell you or ask about that, just tell them, yeah, he's, he's a big guy. He's really, really, but it's just, it's a much better, uh, worship experience and, and much more engaging. And so we're, we're so excited about that. God's doing a great work in Cape. He's going to continue to do that as he is here. Amen. Amen. So I want you to see that and, and be able to, to know some of the, the great things that are happening at Ocean Church. And now we're going to bring our hearts to the Lord. We're going to continue in Jeremiah 31. This has been our keynote verse for our series talking about covenant. Jeremiah 31, 31 says, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand 
and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness and will never again remember their sins. Somebody say, That's good news. It is good news. All right, you may be seated. Thank you for standing. You know, I want our time today to reflect uh, a moment that. Paul had, the Apostle Paul, had a moment in in a setting that's very similar. So our our room today, if you're watching online, you'll you'll find yourself in in one of these categories. Paul was was meeting with those that, that had a hunger and a desire to know more about God. And so whether you've walked with the Lord and your understanding of who God is, is at a place where you know Him in an intimate way and, you, and you've seen His faithfulness in your lives, or whether you're in, the, in, in the, the position of being someone who is curious and going, I, I just believe there's more. Uh, Paul is addressing both profiles in Acts chapter 19. And he, and he asked these, these people that were gathered, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? Did you receive the Holy Spirit? since you believed. And, and there's this wonderful moment where they, they look and they, they ask themselves, like, wait, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. And they respond to him and say, we, we, we haven't even heard of a Holy Spirit. And so Paul says, well, then what, were, what do you believe? What were you baptized in? They said, we were baptized in John's baptism. And he explains and says, John's baptism was a wonderful preparation for you to be able to see who the Messiah is. John had a baptism of repentance saying, hey, open your heart, clean your heart. God's sending his promised one. Be ready for him. And unless we're, we're at a place of humility and openness to God, you're not going to see him. You're not going to recognize him. So Paul says, that was John's baptism. Let me explain to you who Jesus is. He came. He died as the sacrifice and the high priest for our sins. So he explains this to them and they say, okay, well, now we see clearly we want that. And it says that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. It was wonderful. This is, this is a, a, the full experience of salvation. They are, their, their hearts are saved. Their, their, their hearts have been transformed in this moment. They're baptized into the faith in Jesus Christ. But then he doesn't stop there. And then he says, the Bible says that he laid his hands on them. He prayed over them to receive the Holy Spirit. And Acts 19 says that, that they received the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak in tongues. And I'm on a mission, I said it this last week, I'm on a mission from God to destigmatize and to make everything that I see from the church world, I grew up in the church world, to make everything that we see 
uh, to cut through all the, 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 the confusion about it, I want us to get to a foundational place of understanding why we say what we say, why we say what we believe, why the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation today, why we don't have to be afraid of them. So I, I don't know what your, your background is. I had, I had both sets of grandparents pastored over what I would call very Pentecostal churches, very charismatic churches. And, and this was really good for me because my nature is to be very reserved. My personality, you know, you may see me week in and week out preaching, but I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm more of a reserved guy. And so I'd be at, at my Grandma Jan and Grandpa Bob's church, and, and man, they were wild. They, they had flags that they would pull down from the wall. They would have, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> and, and then, I mean, like, worship was just, it was a dance fest. It was on. And so, like, the music would kick up, and I'd start to try to, try to move away from my grandmother because <laughs> I knew her hand was going to come out and grab mine. <laughs> And then I was going to be stuck in the Pentecostal two-step with her. And so I tried, there's certain songs, there was a song that was called As David Danced. Oh, some of you remember that. Okay, all right. And when that song would start, I would for sure like move quickly, like I'll be in the bathroom, I'll come back when worship settles down and we go back to the quiet, nice worship songs. And that was my nature. And yet, there, there's a freedom that God has for us in worshiping Him. And, and my, my purpose today, as it is every week, I, I want our prayer life and, and our word life to be transformed as we're able to look at the Father in a new light. As we're able to look at Jesus as the high priest, the sacrifice for our sins. And today, I want us to, to cut through all the stigma, signification and, and the way that we can view the Holy Spirit and I want you to know you don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. There's a characteristic. Now, now the Holy Spirit fits into the same definition that God the Father and God the Son do when we say that they are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And sometimes we, we see the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we can view this in a way where we think like He had a personality change in the New Testament. Like he was calm in the Old Testament and chill, and then, and then we got to a 2-4 beat in the New Testament, and we started moving fast, and he got, he got all wild and changed his personality. And he hasn't. The Holy Spirit is not weird. I, I want you to know this. And, and I, and I, I want to, we're going to go through a lot of Scripture today because I want you to see this. I want you to see the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, and in the New, and how He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to start foundationally. I read a survey this week uh, that much like, that, that many believers, much like their perception of Satan, had a, had a wrong perception and belief about Holy Spirit. Listen to this, 38%, and these are, these are believers, 38% of believers strongly agreed and 20% agreed somewhat that the Holy Spirit is simply a symbol of God's power or presence, but is not a living entity. And, and, and this is where I want us to start. So the first thing that I want you to know is that Holy Spirit is God. 
God is, is three person in one. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three distinct person. The, the, these, these incredible displays of His care and His heart for you and I. The Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father. He is as much God as God the Son. And, and so I want us to start there. Look at this. This is Genesis chapter 1. The very beginning, Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. We sang about that today. As the Spirit of God was over the waters, come rest on us. So the Spirit of God is there from the beginning. God's Spirit. And then we see John in the parallel passage. The Apostle John in John chapter 1, this is the passage that starts out where John says, in the beginning was the Word, being Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John's saying that, talking about Jesus. In, 32, in verse 32, this is what he says after baptizing Jesus. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven, resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. John sees the Holy Spirit resting on Jesus. If you want homework to be able to, to just go over this week, because I, I, I want you to have the heart of Jesus in looking and, and viewing and receiving the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, 15, and 16. We have the last 12 to 14 hours of Jesus' life as He prepares and goes to the cross, and He is talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see that he's talking about a gift because if you have a concern like I'm going to get in service and, and, and outside of my will, something's going to happen to me and I'm going to go into a trance and, and I'm going to lose control, hear me definitively, that is not God's Spirit. That is how demonic forces operate. That is how Satan operates. God is not going to make you speak in tongues. I want to destigmify all of these things so that, that whatever concerns or anxiety that you, you may have about who Holy Spirit is, that all that's blown away and there is peace in your heart. Jesus referred to Him as a person. He's not an it. He's not just this mystical thing. Jesus said through 14, 15, and 16, these are the, the verses He talks about the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. It is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the Advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send Him to you. Talking about a distinct person of the Godhead. Point two is, I said it earlier, Holy Spirit is not a weird uncle. So I told you about one of my grandparents' churches. The other church was this, this beautiful Assembly of God church in Newkirk, Oklahoma. If you hadn't heard of Newkirk, Newkirk, Oklahoma, there's a reason for that. 
It is a, a tiny town in northern Oklahoma. And um, this was like, it was really special. So uh, my grandma Hud and, and she had, uh, my dad's dad had passed away and she remarried uh, a man named Charles Hudspeth and he was, he was a pastor. And so they had this church in Newkirk and it was like a church of, let me, let me explain it this way. You know how your grandparents in their eyes, you just can't do anything wrong? As a grandson or a granddaughter, you just, you just know like that is a constant place of encouragement. Well, this was a church of grandparents. <laughs> and so when I, when I was younger, they would have me come in and preach. And I, y'all, I still to this day don't know if I said anything good. But to them, I left encouraged every time because they were like, man, that was so good. Such a good preacher. But they, they, they were really vocal. And sometimes it took me off guard because they would say things like this. Like I'd be preaching along and it would, it would like, take me back and I'd, I'd get kind of stopped because it, it just took me off guard. But they say, this is one of the things they would say a lot. Think about it. And I, I'd be preaching like, am I, am I supposed to think about, was that, what, what, did I, what did I say? And then they would look at each other. Like when I'd be preaching, they'd look at each other and just like look at each other and get a little like, think about it. It was awesome. It, it was incredible. But I want you to see that, that the Holy Spirit has been the same person of God from Genesis to today. That, that His effect on mankind is a continual one of building the kingdom of God. He builds and advances the kingdom of God corporately. But there is this individual work that he is uh, desperate to do in your life, in my life. And I want you to see this. So we, we, we have these examples of, in, in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit rests and, and, and w- would come over individuals. He would rest on a, on a prophet's life. He would rest on a king's life. You have examples like Samson. Where, where the Holy Spirit would rest on Samson's life and would come over him in moments and he would do incredible feats. And I don't think Samson was this massive, jacked, muscled up dude. I think he probably looked like Kevin Hart. And, not, you know, you didn't expect much from him, but the Holy Spirit would come over him. And then these incredible acts of speaking up for God's people, defending God's people, would come out of his life. David, David felt this in Psalm 51. David said, don't cast me away from your presence and don't remove your Holy Spirit from me. David knew what it was to have the Holy Spirit come over his life and rest on him. But, but the, the, the direction that I felt the Lord leading us today that I want you to see, in Exodus chapter 31, there's, a, there's an activity that is still going on today that God wants to do in each one of our lives that we see in the building of the tabernacle first and then the temple. And God's Spirit would come over different ones as He wants to do in our life today. This is Exodus 31 verse 1. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Beziel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur of the tribe of Judah. 
I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. Exodus 31 goes on and talks about the other artist that God's Spirit had come on and, and, and rested on in the work of building and preparing a place to house His presence. Now think about that. The Spirit of God moving in, 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 in individuals' lives, expressing Himself through the gifts and the personalities that He had given them from creation in a way that would move to a holy place of housing the presence of God. And we, we see the, the, the distinct call of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit, that He would always testify of Jesus. You know how you respond if you see weird videos on, on, on YouTube or whatever and you see these different ones? The distinction between a work of man and a work of the Spirit is a work of the Spirit always points to Jesus. Always glorifies Jesus. A work of the Spirit of God always leaves our hearts in a place of peace. This is the Spirit of God. And so the, the, the Spirit of God is moving on these artists, these creatives, and, and, and moving in such beautiful ways. We, and we could spend, y'all, we could spend until Jesus comes back talking about all of the different elements that filled the tabernacle and the temple later that pointed to God and glorified God. I want to tell you about one. So there, there's a lampstand in, in the tabernacle and in the temple that was called the lampstand of beaten gold. And these artists would take a hammer and they would take this, this lampstand that carried the fire, that carried the light of God, and they would take a hammer to it again and again and again with the purpose of magnifying that light. That, that the smashing of this hammer again and again and again would have an effect on this lampstand that the, the light was multiplied and reflected in ways it never could have been. And th- this is the work of God's Spirit in you and I. You and I go through things and they feel like they crush us. They feel like we're, we're traumatized beyond what we can come back from. And God is at work in His Spirit going, no, what the enemy meant to destroy you I am making you into a lampstand of beaten gold. You're going to reflect my glory. You're going to reflect my presence. You're going to reflect the light brighter and more glorious than you ever have because I take everything that the enemy tries to do and I bring it back where it glorifies God. And our lives reflect Him in new ways. And I'm telling you, we could spend until Jesus comes, comes back talking about what came out of these artists in the shaping and creation of everything that filled the tabernacle and temple. You know, the Holy Spirit is still at work today. And as beautiful as that temple, as beautiful, as intricate as everything in the tabernacle was, He he, he moved to a new covenant. He moved to a new place. Listen to this. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. For through Him... 
we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows, listen to this, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him... In belief in Jesus, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the artist and the dwelling of God in our hearts. That work that we see in those artists is happening in you and I. He is still at work today creating a work of sanctification, shaping your life and my life to a beautiful house and temple of the presence of God. Listen to what Van Gogh said. I love this quote. Van Gogh said, I say it again, this Christ is more of an artist than the artist. He works in the living spirit and flesh. He makes men instead of statues. Man, John 15 will come alive to you when you get this and you begin to see this. And Jesus is saying, if you abide in me. I don't know about you, but I've read that in times and and just been like, Lord, I don't know how to abide in you. I, I, I know me. I know my heart. I know what comes out of me. Lord, I don't think I know how to abide in you. And this is the gift of the Holy Spirit that says because of the sacrifice of Jesus, behavior takes a back seat to my belief in the finished work of the cross. And at that place, the belief in what Jesus has done for you and I, the Holy Spirit fills our life and we become the temple of the presence of God. And that work of sanctification, we're in that place going, I I don't like what's coming out of me. The Holy Spirit says, I'm working. Will you believe in me? Will you trust in me? Yeah, I'll trust in you. And he's at work. Whether you see it, whether you recognize it, he is at work. The last thing that, that I want us to see today is that Holy Spirit fills us with the life of God. And he's inviting you and I to a fresh place of knowing his life. Corey Tim Boom, who was a, uh, a Dutch woman who, who hid uh, Jewish people fleeing from the Holocaust, and she hid them in, in her house, was an incredible believer. She said this, she said, trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you are filled with the Spirit of God, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. And there is a rest that that God is inviting His people into in receiving the Holy Spirit, walking with the Holy Spirit. You know, in Exodus 19, we have the first Pentecost. And Pentecost may be one of those words to you that that means charismatic, that means a church where there's dancing and and running and shouting and and everything like that. Pentecost simply means 50. It's 50 days after the Passover lamb. Now think about this. Israel's in bondage. They, they, They had no control over what they could do with their time. We see the the picture of of demonic forces 
at work, this heavy burden they couldn't get out of. And they cried out to God, and God delivered them from Egypt. He delivered them from slavery. And He did so by the blood of the spotless Passover lamb. And 50 days after that, we find the children of Israel, they're out of Egypt, and the law, the Mosaic covenant, we talked about it last week, Pentecost is the celebration of the Mosaic law being given. Moses goes up on Mount Sinai. Now think, think about these parallels. We even sang about it earlier. Remember when we sang fire and wind, come and do it again? So Moses is up on Mount Sinai and there is fire and there is wind. He's in the presence of God receiving the terms of the covenant. But we see what happens and how the old covenant was simply a picture and an invitation to what God's heart was for you and I. Because the hearts of man couldn't handle the holiness of God. So Moses is up in the presence of God where God's heart was for every single one to be. And they, they, they said, no, we don't want that. You go up there and then tell us what to do. And so Moses is receiving this Mosaic covenant, the terms of the covenant, and as he comes down, he finds that the sin in every heart was now exposed in the children of Israel, and they couldn't be patient. They couldn't wait for him to come down. They said, we don't know what's happened to him. There's fire and there's wind. We're not sure about him, so we're going to set up our own God. And you know what happened in that moment? Exodus chapter 19, 3,000 people perished. 3,000 people died because the holiness of God and the sin in the hearts of man was incompatible. The law is given, 3,000 perish. Now we fast forward to Acts chapter 2, Acts 1. We're celebrating. It's Pentecost, it's the festival. And Jesus said, go and wait for the gift of the Father. So the disciples are in Jerusalem. Everyone around them is celebrating this festival of the law being given 50 days after the Passover lamb had been slain. 50 days after Jesus dies for your and my sin. They're waiting for the gift of the Father Look at this. This is Acts 2. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, everyone whom the Lord our God, God calls to Himself. And with many other words He bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Listen to this. So those who received His Word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Think about that. The Old Covenant contained no power for transformation. The Old Covenant is given 3,000 because of the sin that they refuse to let go of in their heart. 3,000 perish. The New Covenant is given. The promise of the Spirit of God is given and 3,000 are brought to everlasting life. Now we, we, we see clearly what Paul says in Ephesians that the law brings death, but the gift of the Spirit brings life. 
I want to read it for you. This is 2 Corinthians 3, verse 3. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is not written with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is not carved on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we're qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. God wants you to have life, fresh life from Him. I've never forgotten and left the place of knowing what it was to be in complete bondage. I've shared this before, but I found myself in seminary doing my best to follow the call of God. Just graduated high school and moved to, to a town called Uppsala, Sweden. Was in seminary there, and, and, and y'all, I was in complete bondage to sexual sin. I was living in a, in a hyper-sexualized nation. I would ride my bike to school, and there were billboards, and there were magazine racks that were on the way. And I would day after day get to school so full of condemnation and shame. I, I, I was bound. And it, I, I, didn't, I, I was so frustrated and so just exhausted from getting in. I felt like I was starting over. Every time I got to school, we would start every day with worship. And it felt like it took me the first 20 minutes to like get past everything that I felt in my heart, the guilt that I felt. And I remember being there and feeling so alone and just so stuck and just going, God, I, I, I need you. And this is where I, where I knew Holy Spirit in, in a brand new way. This is where that, that, that I, I opened my heart and just said, I can't do this any longer. This is too much. I'm stuck. And I know that's not your heart for me, but, but I've tried. I've tried everything I know to do. I've tried to memorize Scripture, and I've tried to, to do this, and, 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 and I feel stuck. And man, wouldn't it be nice if it was just like this instantaneous change every time? Wouldn't that be great that we could just pray and or have somebody pray over us and, and then every struggle would be over? But Holy Spirit began to walk me through this place of freedom. And it began with an understanding of how He sees me. That because of the blood of Jesus, he, He's not focused on my behavior. He's asking me for my belief. He's asking it in those moments when my behavior doesn't reflect what I want and where, where I'm looking and going, I don't want to be in this bondage. I don't want to be stuck in these places. And He just says, will you believe me? Because I'm not leaving you. I'm not forsaking you. I'm going to walk with you. 
I'm going to continue the work that I started. That temple is still being shaped. The artist is still at work. There is a process of sanctification that he is busy working on. Whether I see it, whether I recognize it, I choose to believe. And the weight and the burden of my behavior began to fall off of me. And the same bike ride to school where I would pass billboards and I'd get to school and I'd feel so ashamed of myself. Holy Spirit began to teach me and how to, like I remember riding my bike and, and going like, God, I feel like I have to like close my eyes the whole ride. How, how do I do that? And Holy Spirit began to teach me how, how to bounce my eyes. And he began to wash my mind before where the images and, 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 and these different thoughts I felt like were out of control and I, I, I had no say in. He began to wash my mind and those images no longer could stay. Those thoughts no longer found a place to root. That's his heart for us today is that we would know him as the life giver, the burden remover, the one that sees and says, I know every detail of your life. I'm here. Now will you release this to me? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And the Lord gave me, even today for for our time, He gave me a specific picture of how we're supposed to close today. The book of Acts contains two examples. One we see in Acts chapter 19, where there is the laying on of hands to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I believe that there is power in in prayer together and laying on of hands. But the book of Acts also starts out in chapter 1 with disciples who are in a posture of receiving. And they simply are waiting, looking to God, saying, we're not moving, we're not leaving until we know you. We're not leaving until we receive this gift that you promised us. God has a gift for you today. It's the gift of Himself. It's the gift of Holy Spirit that wants to work and bring glory to the Father in every place in our life. You don't have to fear this. So I want to ask every single one in the room, every single one online, to put your hands just in a posture of receiving. If this is something you say, I- I've had a misconception about the Holy Spirit and, and God, I, don't, I know now I don't have to be afraid of you. I know that you're a good gift and you, you want to draw me and you want to work in my heart. You want to free me from condemnation. And if you want to respond to that, just right where you're at, I just want you to put your hands out in a posture of receiving. I want to pray over you. I'm going to invite our prayer team up in just a minute. And we're going to be available to pray over you as well. Maybe you walked in and just have different prayer needs. But don't leave 
without the gift that Jesus promised in the Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we come to you today. We say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for being our sacrifice, being our high priest. Thank you for the gift of Holy Spirit. You said it was better that you would go be with the Father so that moments like these, our hearts could be filled with Holy Spirit. Our lives could be filled with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak to every heart, rebuke, condemnation, and shame, and guilt. Lord, affirm them as your sons, your daughters. God, we ask you today to fill us afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Lord, thank you for being the artist who doesn't get discouraged by how bad your project looks, but you just continue to work and you continue to shape. And you are shaping and making a temple of your presence that glorifies you and points to you. And so we say thank you. We receive you today in Jesus name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like subscribe or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.